need to love somebody just by watching my wife. See it. Not just how she loves me, but how she loves other people. She's very shy, a lot like me. Very shy, very introverted. I was talking to somebody this morning about one of the large megachurches here in town, well, uh, Tom Presbyterian, on the way. Eli Morris, who's one of their top dogs. Eli and I went to high school. Yeah. Well, in high school, he was Tommy. Thomas Eli, Eli Thomas, I don't know which, but in high school, he was Tommy Morris. And we got saved right about the same time. And Tommy and I have the kind of personality that, that we don't care what people think. We're just up front, we're out there. And it's funny, I ran into him in the hospital, uh, Methodist Hospital. He, he had to, you know, Eli's on the news, and sometimes you can see him, he's Tommy and me. You know, I'm sitting on the bench waiting for six months, he comes walking by. I said, Tommy, he's walking. I said, Tommy, he's walking. <laughs> Tommy! He walked by that and said, hey, Eli, I'm hurt. I said, hey, he cool with me. And he wears that, hey, bald like me. He wears his hair down like he was laced. Well, man, in high school, we loved, we got to say, we didn't know much more than Jesus died for us. We were born again. He grew up, I think it's second country, very underrated uh, circles there. He was a little more crafty than I was. But that's how Mary and I first met, is that she was attracted to that guy's crazy enough. Mary lived had been in church her entire life. Her dad was an elder during the Civil War, but she was in church. But she thought an extra provider. Very much that she loves people. She loves you. Uh, watching her with her grandkids. How she agonizes like Ella has some autoimmune issues, and she's just terrified about this coronavirus. And Ella has autoimmune issues, and she, how she loves Amy's little girl, that difficulty with divorce, and it pains. Yeah. She loves them. She loves them. She thinks about, I won't mention some names, but she has some dear friends that are here in this room today. I've seen her crying over there, what they're going through physically. As you get older, you have physical problems. I'm so happy for her this week. I mean, you can tell her this. We're all in trouble. I'm not <coughs> we both had our annual festivals this week, and I always go with her to ask the white questions, make sure. And so I had mine first, and I didn't get quite a break. He said, You're doing well, you can do better. He gave me like two weeks later, and we need to do a little better here, and that kind of thing. So it makes it a fair. He goes to Anna Fiscal, he lays out your, your test and shows her And she's lost. Well, he did last year. He told her a year ago, you know, you're diabetic, you don't lose weight. She lost weight, and you're diabetic. And I told her, I said, look, it's out of you. And man, when that doctor was having her,
and love, so you have to be able to comprehend what's important. You're able to love people who hate you. You're able to love people who use you. You're able to love people who watch you. Don't love you in return. Everyone up there, so I had to grab By the way, that's who Christ was. Father, forgive them. Well, they know not what they do. God so loved the world that he gave. Jesus humbled himself on and on. So rooted in love. The principle of all others. When you read the fruits of the Spirit in Galatians, Paul wrote to, when he wrote Galatians, he says the fruit of the Spirit, what's the first one? Love. Choosing to do what's right, literally choosing to do what's right for someone else, even if you don't have the desire to do so. You just do what's right. The feelings will catch up later. Doesn't mean necessarily you're going to be best friends with everybody. What it means is you're if I'm more interested in your spiritual well-being than I am in the fact that you hate me. I want you to know the Lord and the beauty of understanding grace and hope. One of the things that I'm talking about being able to share during this crisis and how people the anxious are going through, one of the things that we can share, the, the most significant things that we can share, because we love, is that there is hope. There is hope. In the person of Jesus Christ, you can find hope for everything you encounter in life. Rooted and grounded in love. In Jeremiah 17, the Bible says this. Blessed is the man who trusts in the Lord, whose hope is in the Lord. But he'll be like a tree planted by the waters, who spreads out its roots by the river. He will not fear when he comes. But its leaf will be green, and it will not be anxious in the year of crops, but will cease from yielding fruit. Why? Because he trusts in the Lord. His roots are deep enough that he knows he's going to come, difficulty's going to come, drought's going to come, still going to bear fruit, still going to be here. As long as the Lord leaves me on the planet, I'm going to be here and have. The desire to glorify him. But I've got roots like that. Psalm 1, the Bible says, Blessed is the man who walks out of the counsel of the ungodly, who stands in the path of sinners, who sits in the seat of the scornful. But his delight is in the law of the Lord. His walking in God's law is better than day and night. It would be like a tree planted by the rivers of water that brings forth its fruit in its season. Its leaf will not wither, whatever he does. Whatever he does, he prospers. Doesn't mean you're going to get everything you want. It means God will use it for good. All right, now, your handout, number two. Your dad's desires for you. Your priority, his priority for you. One was death. Second is comprehension. Spiritual comprehension. Verse 18 again. So, you're rooted and grounded in love, so you may be able to comprehend with all the saints, but it's the width, the length, the depth, and the height. You know the love of Christ. You're able to comprehend. It literally means in the original language to have the capacity, the capacity to, to, to get something accomplished. What are you able to comprehend? The love of Christ. It is not possible to genuinely, you never fully comprehend it. When you say here in context, you're not going to understand and comprehend. Have the strength and capacity to do so until you're rooted and grounded. 
You're in God's Word. You're spending your time alone with the Lord. You're, you're serving. You're, doing, you're growing, rooted and grounded so that you're, you are growing and not just out there. Just another tumbleweed growing around. But it's a strong tree that God, through whom God is bearing fruit. Get rooted and grounded in love. It's a lifetime quest. When you're never satisfied, you want to be a stronger tree than you were yesterday. And last year, you want to grow. You want to be powerful. You want to be that edifice that you know is going to be there. That strong foundation. The Bible uses that metaphor to describe the church. Yeah. Jesus, the chief cornerstone, the apostles, the prophets, built on that foundation. And then we, each of us, as we become a believer, is a new brick in the building. And we go out and share. The Lord is building a living tabernacle where he lives. We are the temple of the Holy Spirit, the church. Able to comprehend. Now look at the next phrase. I love this. Able to comprehend, verse 18, with all the saints. Just pause for a moment and meditate on this. Just one reason I love to read the Bible this time. You're able to comprehend. You're rooted and grounded in love. You've got that foundation. You're growing. You're beginning to comprehend. Like if you have a path and strength to finally comprehend with all the saints. Saints simply means in Scripture someone who is a genuine believer. Notice, he said, he's written to the early church with all the saints. So he's going back to the saints of history. All the great men and women of the faith, along with all those we don't even know who they are, he could talk about. Go all the way back to the Garden of Eden. After Adam and Eve sinned, God provided atonement. So then, from that moment forward, because of sin, God is redeeming people. Those are saints. Saints aren't your grandmother. Talking about a cousin yesterday, about my dear Aunt Louise, 99 years old, in Lexington, because of the coronavirus. Like, don't want them, just anybody showing up at their facility is full of 80, 90 year old people. They don't want anybody just showing up. Me and I were talking, he's 70. He's 10 years old today, so he's in his mid 70s. We were just talking about how we're going to She doesn't have anybody but me and him to take care of her. And we were talking about that. And just, again, it's an opportunity. He's not a believer, so it's a chance for me to share my faith with my cousin Murray. Again, saints. And my, I love my aunt. Sweet lady. About this tall, mean. <laughs> and growing up, my mom's sister in that family, her husband was like, she literally is about five four, and her husband six, six four. And he was terrified of his wife. My dad was six three. The only person on planet Earth my dad was afraid of was Louise Smith. He was not best. He did not have to uh, be very cruel. He did not cross my Aunt Louise. And I loved him. I told him he loved him. And growing up, Murray and I both of us, we had two, he was an only child. We had two moms. We had our mom, and we had you. She never had anything on her own. And she's a sweet lady. That's not what he's talking about. A saint is any child of God. It's what God, your dad's desire is for you as a child. That you're able to comprehend, just like Moses could. Just like Daniel could. Just like Abraham could. Isaac, Jacob, pick your patriarch. 
tidal wave that just overwhelms you, takes you under how much God loves you. Passage knowledge is not really a human response. What you can know, what you do know, what you in turn share. Remember, we quoted it earlier. Jesus said, they'll know you're my disciples if you have what? Love. Love for each other. How we love Christians, how we love each other, is how the world begins to see that it's not our religious choice. It's, they're like a family. They, they really care about each other. They just don't throw the words around. They really do care. It's not a game. To know depth, deep, what grace really means. You can share it with other people. Somebody, this quote I read a couple of weeks ago, I don't even know. They didn't have a person's name, but it's beautiful. Christianity is not about creed, character, and conduct. It's about the love of God, bound in the context of his incarnation, his death, and resurrection. Yes, creed, character, and conduct are important. But the idea here is you're wrapped up in the death, burial, and resurrection of God, the Son, who loves you. The book of Micah, the prophet, Micah said this, Who is a God like you? You pardon sin and forgive the transgression of the remnant of your inheritance. You did not stay angry forever, but you delight to show mercy. You will again have compassion on us. You will tread our sins underfoot and hurl all our iniquities into the depth of the sea. God loves us. It overwhelms us. We only know how to respond so many times. Years ago, obviously years ago, John Wesley, or a member of the Methodist Church, was on the road somewhere, and a guy stopped him and robbed him. Wesley gave him his money, and then Wesley said this, I'd like to speak one word to you. Remember the guy just robbed him. He said, I'd like to speak one word to you. Time may come you will regret the course of life in which you're now engaged. <laughs> By the way, you robbed me out of the course of what you've chosen, you may regret. Remember this the blood of Jesus Christ cleanses from all sin. End quote. Nothing else was said, and Robert left. Many years later, John Wesley was leading a church where he'd been preaching, and they introduced himself to him, a stranger. And he asked Wesley, Do you remember when you were robbed? Yeah. One man said, I was that man. That single verse you quoted on that occasion was the means of a total change in my life and habits. I've long since been in the practice of attending the house of God and giving attention to his word. But I am a Christian. All Wesley did was just tell him Jesus loves you. Changed a man's life. You never know. Something as simple as just quoting a verse to someone. So now look at the final one, number four on your handout. The death priorities for you. I want you, verse 18, know that, able to comprehend. Verse 19, the love of Christ. Finally, verse 19, to be filled with the fullness of God. That's our maturity. That's what God wants for us. Colossians, Paul wrote, have put on the new man who renewed in knowledge according to the image of God who created him. The reason God 
updating our global pool. One of the best examples of this is John the Baptist. We read about it, John 1, John 3. You don't have to turn there. But they were asking him, basically, here's what he said. Something about, and I'm not the Messiah. I'm the one the voice of one crying in the wilderness tree comes. But I am is a lamp that wants to reflect the light that's in me. And he had those three verses where he said, he saw Jesus said, Behold the Lamb of God. And he said, He must increase, and I decrease. That's how you're growing the faith and knowledge of Jesus Christ. And notice the bottom of your handout. It says, why study your daddy's attributes? What we're in the process of doing. But you can have a proper perspective on life. Realize the privilege of being a child. Proper respect and view of who your daddy is. It'll change your prayer life. It'll change your worship perspective. It'll make you witness more. It's not something that God just put in the Bible so we have something to do. Remember, when you study the Bible, when you read it, when you study it, your daddy is saying to you, here's what I need you to do. Take what you learn and go live it out there where people, I know it's a prime example, where people are desperate for hope. You have hope. Give them a blessing back and some hope.
Well, I'll be a happy friend. 